Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm your host, Ryan Schockner, and today we have a true mountaineer. Ryan Huff joined the University of West Virginia Mountaineers Intercollegiate Athletics in March of 2023 as a student athlete development coordinator. In this role, he's responsible for managing day-to-day student athlete development programming, providing holistic development of transferable and lifetime learning skills, which is the important part, right? The transferable and lifetime learning skills. Mostly, uh, most recently, Ryan worked as a graduate assistant in the student athlete development uh, at App State, Appalachian State, uh, famously for upsetting Michigan. But then last year, uh, going down to Texas A&M and knocking them off when they were number six, uh, and he, uh, where he expects to receive his master's degree in higher education. He also earned a bachelor's in communication studies from App State following a four-year career as a member of the Mountaineer football team. He was three-time Sunbelt Conference honor roll recipient in 17, 18, and 19, and was twice awarded the Steve and Marsha Wilkes Diversity and Inclusion Scholarship in 20. 22 and 2023. So man, Ryan, uh, we get a really unique perspective because you player all the way to now student athlete development. So Ryan, welcome to NIL Undressed. Are you ready to represent both Mountaineer nations? Oh yes, for sure, man. I appreciate the opportunity, man. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting your perspective on a lot of these questions. So uh, I want to go back to when you were being recruited, right? So coming out of high school, um, what were your top three schools that you were looking at? So the funny thing about it is I committed so early. So I committed my sophomore year in high school, which at the time uh, kind of wasn't the norm. So I committed to App State at the end of my sophomore year. So it was App State, Georgia State, and Georgia Southern. Um, those were my top three in that order. Very cool. Man, that is very unheard of, especially yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. What were the key factors? And, you know, you stayed committed too, right? So you, you committed as a sophomore and you stayed committed through that. What were the key factors when you were in high school in your search uh, to, to play at that next level? Yeah, so really it was it was the great people. Um, I had a great mentor in terms of, rec- of recruiting. Um, he always told me, you want to go to a place that has great people, right? Everything is going to have the same type of facilities, uh, same type of nutrition, uh, the same type of program, same type of just plays. But he said, you can't replace great people. Um, and I really fell in love with the coaching staff at Appalachian State. They were great people. Um, the de- defensive coordinator, Coach Sloan, he's now there. I got the pleasure to work with him when I was a GA. So he was. Just, it was just a great people place and great tradition. That's really – that's good advice, right? Because as we see, you know, especially entering, uh, you know, the NIL and transfer portal era – and, you know, it's like this uh, arms race from facility standpoint. So those are really even being equalized across the board. Uh, you know, I remember when when Clemson announced their big facility uh, that was going to be built out and I saw the renderings for it. And it was like this light years ahead of everyone else. Well, now that's that's commonplace among especially the power fives. Right. Yeah. So the, the people that's really good advice for for those high school athletes out there is. Uh, where you can get along with the people and you can trust the people and they're just, and they're good. So that's great, man. So, um, so would those, now that we're in the NIL era, yeah. would the factors, um, 
change for what you are consider what you would consider before you committed if and if they wouldn't have changed in your search you know what would you have added from from consideration now uh when you're looking at playing at the next level yeah me personally um I knew the level of, of football I was getting recruited to. So I knew I, w- I was a group of five guy, right? Like your Georgia Southerners, your App States. Um, so that wouldn't have changed personally because I think NIL manifests itself different in that in the group of five space uh, than it does from Power Five. So I wouldn't change anything. Um, definitely would have looked into like what they have in terms of brand development and how they kind of develop you in terms of NIL and kind of how they play that out. But I, I don't think it would have changed my, my thought process behind recruiting because I understood um, I was a group of five, but I wasn't going to get like a million dollar deals or anything like that. <laughs> so it still would have been based on, you know, the, the people. And you were on defense, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, so that that's, but that, you know, it's that self-awareness that is key, right? I mean, yeah. even though you have, you know, it probably would have been nice to go play at, you know, at a Georgia or something mm-hmm. like that. You, you had the self-awareness of, of where you fit um and uh and and what opportunities were there for you because of you know the skill set that you had in, you know at that time yep so you know it, you know I alluded to this before but you've got a unique perspective as a student athlete before NIL and then as and you know NIL was kind of being rolled out uh and rolled out is probably the wrong term right cuz it was yeah. Not there one day and it was there the next day. So it was it was there, right? Yeah. Um as a player, did you notice a difference from pre-NIL to when NIL went live? And if so, what was it? Yeah, in, in terms of recruiting, that was the biggest difference. I mean, I can remember uh hosting recruits and before NIL, it was more of um when how can I get on the field? Your basic questions. What what is what's the academics like? Kind of those basic questions like that. But after NIL, you had guys asking, "What is what is the NIL circular like here? How much money are we getting?" And, and things like that. And like I said, it got rolled out, not rolled out, but just thrown out there. And it's like, here's NIL now. Um, but that's the major difference that I, I realized in recruiting. I mean, guys are just coming in asking about NIL deals. What what type of NIL deals are y'all getting? And it, it, it was going away from the academic side and the education side of things. Interesting. So hosting players, how, you know, because you're still on the team at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, from your perspective, did that change your opinion on on some of the players? Because, you know, I had I had uh, Richard Jurgen on uh, who played at Clemson. Right. And and we were talking about some of this, you know, uh, the the jealousy or some of that that can manifest at mm-hmm. the uh, with NIL. Right. Yeah. And and he had made the comment, you know, it's really it's the character. You know, if they had good character beforehand, it's not really an issue. But if there was character issues beforehand, um, you know, then that could really manifest itself quicker because of NIL opportunities. So as a player that was, you know, hosting these guys, did that make you see them in a uh in a different light at all? I'm not going to say that because I understood the era that they were coming from and I understood kind of what they were seeing in the media versus what I saw when I was going through the recruiting process. Um, you know how it is. I mean, old school versus new school. All are like, man, we didn't have an IL, man. We, we were just happy to get the opportunity. Um, but man, I, I never felt any type of way because I understood what, where they were in society and what college athletics was manifesting. So I never was ill will, but I also tried to give my my advice and understand what college athletics is and the opportunities that come with it beyond NIL. And that's kind of my thing. That was my spiel. Yeah, 
I think that's good advice for for fans, right? Because yeah. you know the fan base is now, and I think it's it's been around. We're you know we're going to be celebrating two years here in in you know twenty some days, and um, and it's understanding. You know when you see interviews from from some of these athletes. It's understanding the era that they're coming up in, and and this now is normal conversation for them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a lot of the fan bases, you know, they don't, uh, you know, it wasn't normal conversation, yeah. right? And yeah. and so it's, you know, just like uh, you know, running quarterbacks are are you know, and and multi tool quarterbacks are now a you know a, a big focus for a lot of schools, whereas before it wasn't, right? It's it's just something that we have to uh, um, adapt to and and um, and learn to uh, learn to just deal with, uh, yeah. and then, you know, embrace it and, and figure out what to do, uh, moving forward. So, all right. So top three memories of playing football at app. Ooh, number one, got to go with beating, uh, UNC Chapel Hill in 2019, went down there and beat them. Also in that same year, we went to South Carolina and beat them in Columbia. And then we finished the season in in New Orleans. Uh, finished the season thirteen and one against UAB. So those three things like were really special because we finished thirteen and one. Should have went undefeated, uh, but lots of Jordan Southern slipped up and down. But I think in that order, it was those top three memories. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you know, I think last year was a, was a you know North Carolina came to to Boone and yeah. that was like a shootout. You know, yeah. I mean. People yeah. talk about, uh, you know, the you know, NIL being the Wild West, but that game, you know, you you have the Mountaineers and the Tar Heel. That was a shootout back and yeah. forth. And, man, um, I, you should have had it. And you know that. You know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you should have had that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. But it, it was a good game, man. Good environment. Like, one of the best environments I've seen. You know, probably one of the biggest crowds in history, but – uh, definitely was part of our guys and how they fought too. That was that was just a good, a good game, good environment. Had yeah, there. <laughs> that was fun. Well, and then following that up, you go down to Texas A and M, and and you upset number six Texas A and M, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that's interesting because they made uh, that was coming off the Nick Saban Jimbo feud and uh texas a&m was you know their collective was getting them you know the some of the players up to fifty thousand to to come and they signed their first you know the best top recruiting class and all that sort of thing and um and then and you have you know little old app state right the the the, uh the lion tamer uh going (laughs) back to you know the Michigan, right? Which which really put App on the map, and and now going down to Texas A and M, and big wins in in between those yeah. times because that was a long time apart. But I'm curious, um, you know the the transfer portal, you know, and and in conjunction with NIL, um, kind of manifests and, and creates something in and of itself. But yeah. how have the transfer portal maybe helped App uh, load up, and and how is that creating? parity among these big programs and and uh the group of fives yeah so i mean the group of five now you're able to get guys who, who would probably normally be out of alabama might be a second or third string guy and they're realizing they can go to app state or georgia southern uh your g5 schools and they could be a, a productive starter so now you're kind of leveling out that playing field but also another thing you talk about kind of college athletics changing is that like six years like you had guys who were like really mature and i think that's why uh, App State was able to beat Texas A&M. We had a lot of six-year and fifth-year guys who, who had kind of went through the realm of, of college football and understood 
what it was to be the Power Five team. You know, a lot of guys were on the the team we beat USC and UNC, so they understood how to be the Power Five, and they had a lot of experience. Um, and you're talking about uh, your P five schools were bringing in freshmen. I mean, they might not they they might not know the college game, but you have a a six year versus a freshman. A lot of times that it's, it's gonna look it's gonna look different, no matter yeah. the level. So that's another interesting thing that six year that COVID year. Yeah. And, you know, that's the, the that's a great point. I mean, the maturity and uh, the portal getting, you know, some guys that maybe didn't get the playing time they wanted at the power fives. Right. So and it, we hear all the time, we don't want to see the Alabamas and the Georgias in the playoffs year in, year out. This is that that leveling of the playing field for uh, for those for those group of five programs, if they can see the vision and, and and take advantage of it without ruining the culture, right? Because that's also really important. That's what you get with that maturity, right? The the six years you get the the culture and having people, the right people, come through the portal, uh, yeah. and you can create some of those opportunities to go on and and uh, and make history. Well, that win led to. A historic event in Boone, right? Because we had uh, game day make the trip to yeah. uh, Boone, North Carolina. So, tell us about that experience. What was the town like? Uh, because you were on the you were you were a GA at the time, right? So you were working inside the athletic department at the time. So, give us just what 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 did what did that you know what was that like, and and how did that impact that that community? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That was a crazy experience. Um, I don't, have you ever been to Boone? I've, oh, absolutely, man! It's a tower from yeah. <laughs> Boone is a small town, and to have that much attention, like it was crazy. Um, but the craziest thing was trying to keep the players focused on like what they had to do in terms of the game. Like game day, I didn't understand all the festivities that came with them coming during the week. Like we had a whole parade, like helicopters, like people just lining the streets. Like it, it was a great experience, but. From my aspect, like I saw to where the coaches were like, we have to keep these guys focused. Like it's the hardest thing to do right now. But it was a great experience, man. Fun. I'm I'm glad those players got to experience that because they earned it with that win from AM. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, cool. You've made the transition from you know my app state mountaineer now to West Virginia Mountaineer. Um, so you're keeping, you know, some of this we're keeping simple, right? That's why I said you're a true mountaineer uh, from <laughs> sophomore year in high school on. Um, so you've made the the transition now to West Virginia on the athletic, on um, the athlete development side of things. Um, when did you know that this was the the career path that you wanted to take? Um, yeah, it's funny you say that. I kind of always knew I wanted to be in a mentorship role. You talk about NIL. So I tell people all the time, NIL can look however you want it to look. So for I'll give you a backstory. So my senior year, I get hurt, tear my shoulder up, football is kind of over with. Go to our athletics director. He knows me. So he knew my name. He knew my image. I always handling recruits. I handled the community well. always was giving back. And he knew my likeness. He knew everybody liked Ryan. He was a good person. So I was like, hey, I want to stick around, help out in the athletics department, kind of develop our athletes. He's like, okay, cool, Ryan. We have a $45,000 scholarship to pay for your master's and get you an internship experience within student athlete development. And so that's what funded my graduate assistant experience. But I knew once I got hurt because I wanted to help athletes develop themselves outside of, of the sport because I knew it could end just like that. And that's what happened to me. So, yeah, my senior year. Well, that's cool. So your brand, right? Mm-hmm. And this is important. Your brand 
is not just what people see on social media. So your brand is who you are, how you've acted since you've been on campus, who you surround yourself with, what you do from an impact to the community. And so your brand, which which is really, you know, when I talk about NIL, this is what NIL is, right? It is, it is giving athletes while they're still playing the opportunity to build these relationships and build their brand so that when their athletic career is done, now they can transition to the real world and really monetize their brand, right? Exactly. Um, and so, I mean, you were, you were, that's, that's exactly what you did. I mean, you followed yeah. that to a T. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what advice then would you give students that are trying to work in inside athletic administration at, at the college level? We want to thank our sponsor, Success Beyond Game Day. For many athletes, the last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance, all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage, all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. Yeah, um, figure out exactly what you want to do within athletics, right? You have the marketing side, you have the student development side, the sports psychology, uh, academics. So kind of narrow it down to exactly what you want to do. And like, if you are a student athlete, go ahead and leverage that, right? Like you can, you have so much access, like you can literally email the AD and he will respond. So just leverage that and, and reach out and don't be afraid to reach out because you're a student athlete now, people are more than willing to help you. You have more access than you ever will in your life. And like that shelf life as a student athlete is so small and they don't realize that. But I think just, just reach out to people, build connections and just be a great person. Yeah. Build relationships, right? Life, life is about relationships and it's, and it's creating those. So during the first two years, uh, you, I don't even know that you could argue this, right. But NIL was dominated by power five schools, collectives and all that. Many of the yeah. mid major conferences all the way down to D three appeared to be slow to really embrace NIL, uh, which in turn gave the perception that to many athletes that NIL wasn't necessarily for them, right? It was reserved for the, you know, the football, basketball teams uh, of, the, of the big power fives, right? In your opinion, how do we change that perception uh, for those student athletes from whether it's, you know, the, the non-starters on the revenue sports to the, to the non-revenue sports? Yeah, I think just educating them on like what NIL can actually be and that you can actually own your own narrative. I think that's the thing they're not understanding, right? Like they think an NIL deal is getting a five five thousand dollar truck or five million dollar truck. And that's not the case necessarily because you could leverage an NIL deal like I did into an internship or work experience or a professional development, like or a free meal. Like it's all these things that it is NIL, but I think just understanding how it looks and how it can be different, how it can manifest itself. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I like that changing, changing your own personal narrative. Right. And I think the the we don't see it. Right. Because we don't have the reporting required. We don't have to see every deal that's that's made. Right. We don't yeah. we don't truly really know what these athletes are making 
uh, in NIL. And I would argue it's probably a lot less than what people uh, would think. Yeah. But it's it's uh, it's creating it's it's really having that creative freedom now to create opportunity mm-hmm. and uh, and create wins, uh, even if they're small and then stacking them up. I mean, that's yeah. what we talk to a lot of the athletes that we get on the show is that's where they started. They started with a small deal and then proved themselves in that and were able to create bigger and have that thing snowball into into bigger opportunities with other companies. Yeah. Exactly. So that you made the switch then from a group of five to power five. What's the biggest difference um, in the two from the athletic department standpoint? Uh, Number one, more employees. So from a a student athlete development standpoint, um, at State, it was I was a GA and we had one director and that kind of was student athlete development. So the main thing I realized in that portion was football has their own player development person at App State. like student athlete development kind of had to encompass football players. Um, so it, it's more, more staff, a lot more resources. Um, of course it's a bigger school. Um, so budget's a little bit bigger, but all, all of those things you can only imagine. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. You can create with more money and more people, you can create more, yeah. more opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. So your, your current role, what are the top two objectives uh, that you have and feel free, man. Let's give a shout. Let's give a, um, you know, let's let this is a commercial for West Virginia University, right? Like, let's. What are your top objectives uh, this coming academic year for student athlete development? Yeah, I think for us putting in a set curriculum. Like, I'm working on a set curriculum for them. So when freshmen come in, as far as career development wise, they know what they have to go through and kind of those program uh, expectations. And um, I know another another thing I'm trying to do is get professional development trips in place, right? So we're right here by Pittsburgh. So like, let's kind of use Pittsburgh and, and give some professional development opportunities, whether it's with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Steelers, uh, the Dix headquarters is here, the corporate headquarters. So kind of trying to help them get those resources to them. Um, another thing is I'm actually trying to build in a financial literacy course. So now it's like they're getting educated on finances, budgeting and all those all those small life skills. They don't seem like it's important, but just bringing that to them and getting the right people in the room with student athletes. because. You can bring anybody in, but you have to have the right people who can speak their language and keep their attention. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's making it entertaining, easy yeah. to understand, and then easy to implement. I mean, that's yeah. that's what we talk about, and and it's also you know dealing with the the psychological jumps that a lot of these uh, student athletes make. Right? It's the everyone enters regardless of where you come from, how you grew up, what sport you play. It, you you have this baggage that you take with you and it's being able to identify what is good baggage and what's bad baggage. And let's leave some of that bad baggage behind. And like you said earlier, let's, let's create our own narrative on what these opportunities can be. Uh, that's great. I mean, you, I mean, those are big organizations to open, to be able to open the door for, for your athletes to uh, then take the initiative to walk through uh, I mean, you couldn't do that with, you know, without NIL, you, yeah, you, know, exactly. you couldn't have done. Right. And so yeah. that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And I, I know another thing too, is engaging our alumni, finding ways to engage them from a student athlete development pr- uh, standpoint. So whether it's, it's networking events or uh, developing internships or just talking to student athletes about different things. I think so many times uh, alumni engagement comes down to donations. And I think kind of 
figuring out how we can engage them in a student athlete development perspective and get them around student athletes and teach them positive lessons without asking for money. That's another thing I'm trying to na- I'm navigating right now. Absolutely. Well, and I think part of it too is just like the athletes have to learn how to be creative mm-hmm. in, in how they start developing NIL deals. It's it's allowing and and these alumni that own businesses, it's mm-hmm. understanding that Hey, it doesn't have to be a social media post. That's what yeah. everyone immediately goes to when they right. think NIL deal is, yeah, post something on social media. And a lot of these businesses don't understand advertising on social media. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's knowing that, hey, it doesn't have to be that. They can, you know, come have have lunch or dinner at your restaurant and yeah. let the word and let the community come and, and meet some of these athletes. You know, it can be stuff like that or going to a birthday party and playing, you know, playing one on one with your, you know, with your, you know, son or daughter that, you know, exactly. at their birthday party. I mean, who yeah. they would be, your kid would be a rock star, you know, yeah. they'd be the most popular kid in school. Yeah. Um, so it's learning, teaching these businesses that how to be creative with their marketing to um, to then engage with with the student athletes to yeah. really create uh, some of those opportunities. All right. If we got in the way back machine and you're going back to high school, right? Uh, and you could give yourself advice on on how to prepare for NIL, what would that advice be? I think I would tell myself to continue to be myself and continue to leverage my own brand. Like I was such a different guy, like, you know, humble, kind of soft spoken, real quiet. And like society would say, okay, to get an NIL deal, you have to be this crazy guy on Instagram and and TikTok. So I say like, you know, continue to be yourself. Like I was really big in helping people and getting into the community. So like I said, my NIL kind of deal looked different, right? It, it, it really landed me a job, a full-time role in college athletics. But I would say be and be patient because that, that, that took a while to manifest. Like it didn't just happen overnight, but it took a, a couple of years. So uh, continue to be myself and understand I, and be patient. Like, like I said, I mean, a, a lot of people think NIL is about who's, you know, the flashies with the clothes or who's having the most rushing yards. And like, it's not that. It's not that at all. No, it's, it's not. Like, you know, no, it's, it's, about, yeah. it, it's about return on investment for the businesses yeah. that are that they're doing the deals with. And and sometimes that doesn't mean it's you. the starting quarterback may not be the best return on investment for for that business. So yeah. um, thoughts on on NIL for high school athletes. Yeah. So, <laughs> again, it just comes down to creating your own narrative. That's kind of a, I haven't even thought about NIL in high school. That's the funny thing about it. Um, I can't even imagine that when I was in high school. Like, it's crazy that they can kind of benefit from that, too. And so I honestly, truly hadn't thought about that. But I would say, like I said, be yourself and know who you are. And I think that's kind of hard for high school athletes, too. When you're 18, Seeing guys get a million dollar deals, I, that's kind of tough too. But I mean, like you say, you can get creative, man. You go go wash cars, go play one on one with somebody's kid. Like you still have a brand that you can develop. So just figure out who you are and how you can kind of leverage that. It's all I tell people. It's all about leverage and what you can leverage and how you can brand that leverage. Absolutely, leverage and and like you said just a second ago, being patient, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's you may not get that million dollar deal. Like one of my favorite NIL athletes, right, is Chase Griffin. Uh, you know, backup quarterback at UCLA. He may even be third string, right? And and you know, he started small with these deals, and then you know now he's getting with some of his deals equity in companies, right? Yeah. But that didn't happen with his first deal. It took time and he showed value and he created leverage. 
And yeah. now he's he's getting opportunities that he would, you know, would never have gotten without NIL. Yeah, exactly. So tell us some about some of the athletes that um, you know, maybe aren't as high profile, West Virginia. What are what are they doing? And you know, what are they doing and you know, as part of the community and and um and that sort of thing? Yeah, really big in community service. Like I have a student athlete that's kind of on the same path as me, really big in community service, really big in giving back. Um, and we kind of knew that. We knew that about that student athlete. And now they're going to be an intern for student athlete development, kind of the same way that I was, because we knew that about her. And, you know, if we didn't know that, she probably would have never got that opportunity. But because we knew that she was a great person that loved giving back, loved being in the community and loved kind of helping people and help develop programming for other student athletes, she leveraged that into a, basically an internship and an IL deal. And hopefully that'll lead to something like a career just like it did for me. So it's, it's things like that. Yeah, absolutely. You probably can't give me the name, but what sport did did that come from? Yeah, gymnastics. So, I mean, here's not a revenue sport, right? Um, and and because of the brand, now we're getting opportunities that that we can really monetize, not in the short term, because like you said, your your college athletic career, it doesn't seem like it's going to go by. Quick. <laughs> it goes by quicker than you think. Yeah. And then you have life, right? And so you're going to spend six years, you know, trying to figure out how to monetize your brand after college athletics. And so it's, it's creating those sorts of opportunities. Yeah, I couldn't, I can't wrap this up without asking prediction for West Virginia football this season. Oh, that's a good one. I'm predicting a winning season for sure. Um, Start off at Penn State. Which that's the interstate, you know, where they're going to Pennsylvania, but that's right down the road. So I think the trial will travel well. I think we'll get that one. You come back, you had the backyard brawl, 7:30. Then we'll get that one at home. Kind of got to revenge ourselves from last year. And I think that'll get the ball rolling. So I'm predicting the win the season for sure. Two big wins. Yeah, two yeah. big wins to start the season. And yeah. uh and that I mean, that would be amazing, right? That would that would rock the the college yeah. football world a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, which yeah. which we've kind of gotten accustomed to. Oh, yeah. um, maybe you know, I'll knock on wood. Maybe we get a a, a TCU repeat only in in yeah. um, um, Morganton, West Virginia this year. Yeah, so exactly, <laughs> awesome man. Hey Ryan, thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, let people know if they want to reach out to you, how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, man. Uh, on LinkedIn, Ryan Huff. I'm also on Instagram, rhuff21. If you want to follow me on that, and I'm also on Twitter. Uh, at Ryan Hub 21. So any of those three platforms, I'm real heavy on them. Awesome. Thank you for joining us on NIL Undressed. And as always, every like, subscribe, and share is greatly appreciated.